get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alex Ferrario and he's Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Browning Group and Celebrity Line. Ryan Fagan's one of the best in the business. He's a senior Major League Baseball writer for Sporting News, and he joins us now on BK and Ferrario. Ryan, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. How are, you, how are we doing today? Doing all right. So the reason why I wanted to have you on is because I saw your piece the other day in the Sporting News, and you wrote about the trade deadline possibilities. And the thing that really stood out to me was you basically said, hey, if you want to find pitching, good luck, because this is not the market for you. Well, as you know, the Cardinals could use some starting pitching. Is it that thin out there right now? It really is. You know, I mean, I think when you start to look at who might be available, right, one of the first things you do is you say, okay, well, who's going to be free agent after this year, right? And you look at those players and you look at their situations, and a lot of those guys are hurt, right? So you're not going to trade for an injured player. A lot of those guys, you know, some of those guys are now on teams that are suddenly contending, so they're probably not going to trade them. Other guys have just been bad, right? You don't trade for a guy with an ERA over six at the trade deadline because he's probably not going to be any better than what you have, right? So you look at that, and it's the same thing with guys who are going to be free agents after 2022. It's just this combination of uh, unexpected contenders and injuries and guys just playing, pitching poorly that has made this market very, very thin. That's why you have guys like Kyle Gibson. You know, he's a name that's been talked about for a long time. He's a Mizzou product, obviously, just like Max Scherzer, Mm -hmm. he's having the best season of his career, right? He's a free agent after 2022. He seems like a guy that is a good candidate to be traded to somebody. But because he's one of the few guys succeeding, healthy and pitching well, the asking price on Kyle Gibson is way higher than we would have ever imagined the asking price on Kyle Gibson being last year. You probably could have got him for a song in the offseason. Now he's going to cost you legitimate prospects. So, And there are a lot of teams that want guys like Kyle Gibson. So, yeah, it's, it's not a situation where there's a lot of product and very little supply, very little demand. It's, it's kind of like trying to buy baseball cards at a retail store right now. There's just <laughs> anything there. Right. On top of the market being thin, you also have to talk about the competition level in the National League, which makes a trade even more difficult if you're the Cardinals, because Milwaukee obviously running away with it. Cincinnati is still within striking distance. Other than Miami, it feels like everyone in the NL East is fighting for it. And then you always have the Dodgers and the Padres that are buyers. So that makes the market even worse if you're the Cardinals, doesn't it? 
Yeah, and, and the Giants out west. I mean, the, the top three records in, in the National League are all in the NL West this year. I mean, and if you're talking about a wild card berth, that's probably not going to happen, right? Because the Cardinals are way, way out now. And, you know, the Cardinals are in kind of a unique situation. Like, it's a much different situation than the Cubs. And I actually just filed a piece that's going to be up on sportingnews.com in a little bit on the Cubs, kind of saying, okay, well, that disaster yesterday in Milwaukee combined with the disaster the last three weeks have been, you know, the Cubs, it's time to sell, right? You know, don't try to add for this year because because the Cubs are different because you have Chris Bryant is a free agent after the year. Javi Baez is a free agent after the year. Anthony Rizzo is a free agent after the year. So they're going to look different in 2022, no matter what, right? Whereas the Cardinals have a lot of guys that they have control of, right? The Cardinals are going to look a lot in 2022, like they do in 2021 with, you know, a couple exceptions, obviously, but they're not in a situation where they have to sell or they have to buy, you know, the Cardinals can try to make improvements and they can try to increase the chances that they can contend in the second half, because, you know, under Mike Schilt, they've, they've played better in the second half of the season. And Milwaukee's super hot right now, but Milwaukee is, look, Milwaukee's a good team. Milwaukee is not a juggernaut, right? <laughs> Milwaukee is not going to play the rest of the season like they have so far in well, they're not going to be playing the Diamondbacks and Tigers and Pirates the rest of the season where <laughs> they have this this month. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, so I mean, so we'll see. I think the Cardinals are in a position where they can, you know, in an ideal world, it would be better if they made moves now. But I'm, I just don't see the the market setting up for that to happen. So, out of curiosity, Ryan, this is kind of a two part question. Uh, first, if the Cardinals wanted to call the Rockies, who are they calling? Like, who's in charge of that team right now? <laughs> and secondarily, would that person even take a call from John Mosaylock after the Nolan Arenado trade? Well, I, I think the, the new person, new people, new new um, brain trust there in Colorado, now that the guy who dealt um, Nolan to the, the Cardinals, now that he's out, Jeff Burdich is gone. You know, they, they would take the call, right? You know, and I think that, because they have a couple of guys that possibly could be moved, right? They have John Gray. They're probably one of the few teams that has two guys that could be moved. They have John Gray, who's a free agent after this year. You know, he's not a number one or two guy, but he's a guy that could fit nicely into the rotation of the contender. He spent some time on the IL, came back, and he's made one start, and he was very, very good in that start. He pitched five shutout innings in Milwaukee and struck out 10 Brewers. He's a guy. Herman Marquez, you know, we saw what he did. He carried a no-hitter into the ninth inning in his last start. And I know it was against the Pirates, but look, the Pirates aren't Diamondbacks bad, right? The Pirates are actually okay. You know, Brian Reynolds is a good hitter. Adam Frazier is a good hitter. Key Brian Hayes is going to be a star, right? The Pirates have some things going for them. So the, to no hit them through nine and the third, it's not nothing, right? Or through, or sorry, eight innings is, is not nothing. But Marquez has a contract that is very, if he pitches the level he can be, it's team-friendly, right? And it has a couple years left on it plus a team option. These are the kind of guys that don't go cheap. I mean, we remember a couple years ago when the Cubs wanted Jose Quintana, the starter for the White Sox. He was a reliable lefty, had a couple years left on this deal. He cost Aloy Jimenez, right? And I know, I know Jimenez has been injured this year, but he was really good last year. He's going to be a really good power hitter for a long time. That's the kind of prices that are going to be on players like Marquez, because of what he his entire package is, he's a good pitcher. Can get out of Colorado. He could probably do really good things, and he's under club control for a while. 
Ryan, I know you've been at Bush Stadium a lot over this previous homestand for the Cardinals, and yesterday they they crossed through the midway point of the season, and you mentioned it a little bit ago. Mike Schilt has notoriously been great with the Cardinals in the second half. Uh, what are you hoping to see from this team in the second half? Like, Do you believe this is still a playoff contender? Uh, I, I think they could be. I think a lot of things have to go right. They, they need to have a good month. You know, they need to have Carlos Martinez throw like he did in his last start. You know, I, I think that when you look at the rotation as it was in June, that's not a contending team, right? You can't have a rotation where you don't know on any given night if three of your five starters are going to get out of the fourth inning, right? You can't have a scenario where John Gant is throwing three in the third innings and walking five guys. And then when Carlos Martinez, you know, like the game in L.A., could get knocked out in the first inning. Or, you know, I, I like what Oviedo brings to the table. I like his potential, but he hasn't been consistent enough. And you can't have three-fifths of your rotation doing that, right? But you look at what Wainwright has done and what he has done in the last month, the whole season, feels sustainable, right? You look at what Kim did in his last start yesterday. That didn't feel crazy. And I know it was the Diamondbacks, but he's a good pitcher who can give you five, maybe six innings on a consistent basis. You know, moving Gant out of the rotation, I think that was a start. But you have to put somebody in there other than Wade LeBlanc. Wade LeBlanc has been great. He's been everything they could have possibly hoped for. I don't know that he's a solution as a rotation guy over the rest of the season. And that's where, you know, again, we talk about what can they be, right? I think they have the hitters if they can kind of get on track. And we've seen Goldschmidt a little bit lately. You know, he looked especially good uh, yesterday during yesterday's day game. They have the hitting that they can be if the guys just improve a little bit, that they can be there. You know, the rotation, I, I think it needs help. And, again, it, it's not going to be an easy thing to find the type of pitchers that they would love to add to the rotation. Who would you go get? If I put you in John Mosellock's uh, shoes right now, and we're talking with Ryan Fagan, senior MLB writer for the Sporting News, you can check him out on Twitter. He's at Ryan Fagan, F-A-G-A-N. If I put you in John Mosellock's shoes right now, who are you looking to acquire at the deadline? Or, honestly, even before the deadline? Realistically speaking, right? Because I, I assume that's what you mean. That yeah. I, I don't get to wave my magic wand and bring Max Scherzer to St. Louis for you know, for two. Yeah, you don't get to add Scherzer plus Kyle Gibson plus Marquez for prospects that we don't have to name. Don't get Shane Bieber just for prospects, Ryan. Right, there's no no Nolan Arenado here. Yeah. I would probably probably try to target John Gray, and I would probably try to target Danny Duffy. Right, I think those two guys are are, are two guys who can be had sooner than later, and I think those are two guys who, while not cheap, aren't going to cost you Nolan Gorman or Matthew Levator, they're not going to, or Jordan Walker, guys like that. They're not going to cost the elite prospects, but I think they could be brought back. And they're both both guys, you know, Danny Duffy is coming off of an IL stance, and he has been okay since he's come back. But you know, he was pitching very, very well before he landed on the IL. I think those are two guys that could potentially be had in the next couple of weeks without breaking the bank. Now, every team is going to be thinking that too right so it's not an easy thing to do but those are two guys that i think are at least reasonable to think that the cardinals given their constraints what they want what they want to spend could go out and get ryan final question that i have the cardinals are in colorado for the next four days and i've got to ask you about trevor's story as they're getting ready to face him out in colorado what do you think the future holds for him are they, are they going to end up trading him as we get closer to the deadline well 
he is not going to be there long term. Right. Let's say that. I feel like he's made his intentions pretty clear, you know, and the way that Nolan Arenado was cast out and what they brought back um, wasn't, as we know, wasn't a great return. Plus, they were paying all that money to the Cardinals to kind of pay some of Arenado's salary. You know, the story has, has not minced words on what he thinks about his long-term future in Colorado is. So that said, it probably makes a lot of sense that the Rockies tried to deal him. And this time it's going to be a prospect-heavy, um, a young player-heavy type of return whereas Arenado was just, let's get rid of this guy and we'll try to move, move on and go forward without him. You know, I, I think that if he is moved, which you know, probably is going to happen, it, it won't be until the day or two before the trade deadline because the Rockies are going to try to drive up the price as much as they possibly can. Ryan, real quick, we had a text yesterday on our text line that posed a trade scenario, and the more I thought about it, I was like, boy, I, I, it's a decent deal, but I don't know if Colorado would pull the trigger. So I'm going to put you in the shoes of whoever the hell is in charge for the Rockies. The The question posed or the proposal proposed was Gorman, DeYoung, and Zach Thompson for Trevor Story and Marquez or John Gray. Yeah, does, so put John Gray in there because does, he's yeah, be the cheaper John Gray, the cheaper one, as you mentioned. Does Colorado even consider that? I don't think so. I, I'm not sure what value, what what trade, what type of trade value Paul DeYoung has right now. I mean, it's it's been a while since he's been an all-star type performer at, at shortstop. You know, we've seen flashes. We've seen moments. You know, he'll go, have a couple of at-bats and hit a couple of line drives. You know, I think the, the thing with trade scenarios like that is it seems good. You could say, oh, well, you know, he had 30 home runs a couple of years ago. Of course, teams want him. It, it's, not, it, it's not really as cut and dry. I, I don't think... In a trade scenario like that, DeYoung is a valuable asset that the other team is trying to to acquire. I think he's a guy that you say, well, if we give you Gorman, then you have to take Paul DeYoung. You know, maybe it's not quite to that level yet, but I, I don't think he's in a scenario where he is going to be traded for anything other than pennies on the dollar. And I think the Cardinals still do believe in what Paul DeYoung can be. So they're not going to trade him for pennies on the dollar. So, you know, I, I'm not sure that the Rockies do that, and I'm pretty sure that the Cardinals wouldn't do it as well either. Ryan, we'll be reading your work over at the Sporting News. Looking forward to your piece coming out later today on the Cubs. We'll follow you on Twitter as well, at Ryan Fagan. All the best, and we'll talk with you again soon. Enjoyed it. Thanks.